welcome back to Okay, You're Done, your favorite podcast where we argue about all things pop culture. I'm J.R. Foresteros. I'm Allie. Welcome back to the show. Are we only doing first names? I, you know, this is like what? Episode nine. Listeners, I think we're on a first name basis. Okay, so sorry. I'm just J.R. You can keep saying J.R. Foresteros if I you just... feel like, you know, that's a crucial part of your introduction. But I, I'm thinking it's a little more casual. You're right. It is. It's just how I it's how I introduce myself on my other podcasts. And so it's just it it more is it it's more habit. So I, I need yeah. to break myself out of that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh do do did the movie 65 hit your radar? It did, you know, I my roommate was really excited to show me the trailer because we were both big Quiet Place fans. Okay. And it was written by the same team. So we were very excited about that. But I haven't seen it. Are you planning to see it? I pl- That is a movie that, like, next time I'm on an airplane and that movie is in the options to watch for free, I'll watch it then. So you're going to watch a dinosaur movie on an airplane? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that okay. weird? <laughs> um, so I would say that there are films that I think are just poorly served to be seen on an airplane what and like a blockbuster, any kind of big blockbuster movie to see it on a teeny little screen um you know like i know some so gravity one of my all-time favorite theatrical experiences i watched that last year on an airplane that's the first time i saw it i was <laughs> just gonna say great. i didn't love it right um, so again, I will actually say I understand the criticisms of gravity being a fairly uh, a fairly thin plot, you know, um, not that, but but I would say that you know that's a film directed by Alfonso Cuaron, and it was designed to be seen on a big screen. I saw it in 3D, and it it generally I wept at the end of the movie, like I was so moved by it, and I think it was largely because of the format in which I consumed it. And I know a number of folks like yourself who like kind of waited for it on the airplane. And like, I won't even watch gravity at home on my TV because I just don't think it's the same. And and I would say while spoilers, I did not enjoy 65. I thought it was a very dumb movie. Uh, I would say that if you're going to see it, it's going to be best served by seeing it on the big screen. However, given the fact that I just said it was dumb, I don't know that you'll lose anything watching it on an airplane. So true so my Uh, question okay yeah oh go ahead uh i i mean i if i can watch a movie on the big screen i will but i guess i just don't have any when i think about not on a big screen my laptop and an actual tv are just like equal to each other you know i'm like it's not Uh, that different yeah i wouldn't disagree with you yeah there uh what 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 does it take for you to make it to the multiplex like because it's it's a little bit arduous for you where you are at this point in your life right so um, so what yeah what what is the it, are there films that you just think to yourself I will do whatever it takes As of yet during this year I have not made it to the movie theater uh while at school um I think if another movie like Everything Everywhere came out that would probably convince me to go like a huge blockbuster with like big stars that I love emphasis on that I love so like Michelle Yeoh if she was starring in like an action film I'd be like I have to see this um so John Wick 4 is not doing it for you 
Oh, no. Okay. I mean, that's another airplane movie. Like, I'll see it when I see it. Oh, man. Again, that's another one I think is served well by a big screen experience uh, because, again, there's very, very little story. It's mainly about the action. And so being able to see that big, uh, I mean, it is spectacular. This is a huge tangent. What I actually wanted to talk about was the dinosaurs in 65. Um, but I, but I'm so interested in this conversation. So, so circling back around, uh, one of the things I was deeply irritated about is 65 is a new non-Jurassic Park dinosaur movie. It's set in 65 million BC, BCE on earth. Adam Driver plays an alien who crash lands there and has to fight dinosaurs with a laser rifle. Uh, however, n- first of all, I think at least half of the dinosaurs in this movie are not even real dinosaurs. But secondly, like T-Rex is right here, right? Um, they don't have feathers. They don't have, uh, th- they look like the dinosaurs that I grew up seeing pictures of in books. Uh, and and paleontological research into what dinosaurs look like and how much more like birds they were than we realize has progressed so much further. So so I'm kind of curious, like for you, are were you a dinosaur kid? Are you a dinosaur adult? Like, do you care about dinosaurs that much? And like, if if so, like, what do you picture when you picture dinos? Um. I am sad to say this, but I was neither a dino kid nor a dino adult. I was very into The Land Before Time, which is an animated dinosaur movie franchise, I guess. There's Um, like eight of those, right? Oh, maybe more than eight. There are a significant number. Um. But I was more, I watched that because of like the fun animal story and less because of the dinosaur part. My family is a dino family. My younger sibling just FaceTimed me yesterday to show me dinosaur figurines from a museum. Like specifically FaceTimed me to show me them. And I was like, like Allie, wow. you got to see these. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. And I was like, oh, wow, that's nice, I guess. Um. I yeah I don't have strong dinosaur opinions and I'm forgetting what the rest of the question was so no that's it that yeah so oh okay. so there was a, there was a there was a story released this week that uh, paleontologists have more or less confirmed that the Tyrannosaurus Rex had lips that covered its teeth um which which again this seems like a small thing and I guess in some ways it is but in every depiction of T Rex we've ever seen. Even when its mouth is closed, you can see those big, scary-looking teeth, right? Yeah. yeah. And what they've what interesting, I think this is so fascinating because I didn't know this. Apparently, enamel has to be kept moist or it begins to break down. So one of the functions of our human lips is to keep our teeth covered so that our saliva is constantly moisturizing the enamel on our teeth. And uh, some paleontologists have been able to determine that T-Rexes had enamel on their teeth. And so that indicates that they must have had at least a thin membrane of skin covering them to keep them moist, or there would be significantly more degradation in the teeth than what we see in the fossil record. So uh, again, I think it's such a fascinating deduction process just in general, right? Because there are so few fossils that we find that are essentially mummified with the skin intact. 
but even still, we're able to determine from the bones and the composition of the bones and all that kind of stuff um, what's going on. And I actually found this story because a friend of mine who is a paleontologist, he studies invertebrates, was posting that people were like losing their minds about this because yet again it was changing the picture of t-rex that we have in in the popular imagination and people were like angry that that t-rex doesn't look like what we think about when we think about t-rex uh so yeah i i don't know i what parts of that do you find interesting given that you're not a dino fan like i like i always have been I think the cultural aspect of this, of the shifting image of what a T-Rex is, is really interesting to me. I've been thinking a lot lately about like where certain myths start and like how they progress over time. Um, Like where was the first vampire story? Why did it start? How do its roots inform what we think of it now? Because the way we think about vampires now is really different. Um... Or like things like a unicorn, like how did that start way back when? And now we think of this creature. And I think even though T-Rex was a real creature, it's also dinosaurs are this cultural myth that we have. So it is so cool to watch actual science change what our cultural myths are about the subject. So I want to follow up on that uh, when we get to our topic for today. But first, our quick question. So again, this is this is now a freighted question, given everything you've shared about your background with dinos. But do you do you have a favorite dino? I do, but I'm about to embarrass myself because I didn't look up what its name was before I got on the show. All right, let's gonna... see if I know this one. Let's see if I know it. Describe I'm going to describe us. it. It's a, it's a plant-eating dinosaur with a very long neck an herbivore and it loves eating plants does it have a hole in the top of its head or not maybe so the long necks uh, long from land before time right the long necks those are apatosauruses that's the one yes because that I is the one okay the dinosaur from the land before time there we go yeah okay um there are also brachiosauruses, which are the ones that are featured in the Jurassic Park franchise, and they, for some reason, have a hole on the top of their head that is like a, a blowhole that, that whales and dolphins have. Oh, that's cool. I also yeah. want to give an honorable mention to pterodactyls. Because Obviously. My older sister, Zoe, is probably watching this, and she's just she's terrified of them, so they have a special place in my heart. Is Zoe also terrified of birds? No just pterodactyls i think it's jurassic park trauma okay okay that's fair uh it's tough man it's tough for me to choose a favorite i will say this um i was i remember reading michael crichton's jurassic park novel when i was in sixth grade uh the the spring before the film came out in the summer and before a Jurassic Park came out, velociraptors were not really a dino that anyone paid attention to. They were not okay. featured heavily in any of my dino books. They were not a bone. So there are these old um, kits you could get where you would punch the dinosaur bones out of a, out of a piece of like an eight by 11 square of wood. So they'd cut, you know, they'd, they'd all come stacked in this little box and then you'd actually be able to slot them all together and glue them together and have these wooden dinosaur bone sculptures. Um, they had the T-Rex, they had the Stego, they had the Triceratops, they had the Apatosaurus. They did not have Velociraptors. 
They were not cool until Jurassic Park made them cool. So I just want to preface this by saying, I know Velociraptors are a lot of people's favorites. Did you know this though, Allie? They're actually a lot smaller than they are in Jurassic Park. I did not know that, no. Do you know what common bird Velociraptors evolved into? Is it the chicken? It is the chicken. <laughs> I I think I've heard something about like dinosaurs, chickens, crocodiles, yeah. you know. Yeah. So again, there's there's a joke to be made about dino nuggets, right? Um Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, uh yeah, my favorite probably uh probably either the stegosaurus or the ankylosaurus. Uh, the, which is the big armor-plated tank with the big club tail, you know, and then the Stego is the one with the big plates and the spikes on its tail. Um, just incredibly strange-looking animals uh, that evolved in such unique ways. You know, I, I think I think they're incredibly fascinating. Um, so, so here's my question. You, you know, you talked about how fascinating you find the evolution of. Uh, how we understand what dinosaurs look like, right? Like if you go, if you go even onto YouTube and just type in T-Rex feathers, you can find these videos of scientists who are saying, here's what T-Rex probably looked like. We have computer generated models of them. We found a few dinosaurs with mummified skin. We can see that not only that they had some feathers, but like what color they were and all this kind of stuff. And so even some museums have started to feature dinos that are more, uh historically accurate right and yet the picture of what these things look like has not shifted largely in the public imagination uh to the point that when a film like 65 comes out which uh the creators of that movie said that they wanted to break jurassic park's monopoly on dino movies right so they're thinking franchise they're thinking uh we want to make more dino movies that feature dino. they they instead of making them look more accurate than what we see in Jurassic Park. They actually make them look less accurate. They actually make them look almost more more like the old school representations. What do you think is going on there? Do you have any any thoughts there? Man, I it, it's hard to say because my very first thought is maybe they just don't love dinosaurs in the same way that you do. Um <laughs> And I know that's a hard truth to swallow because there are so many dinosaur lovers out there who would be incredible on the writing teams for big dino movies and just have so much to share about it. Um, and maybe they're just not in the place where it's happening, you know? Um, and other people are like, oh, it's fine to have this kind of something that's like a historical dinosaur because people will be satisfied by that. Um, That's, I think, the issue. People will be satisfied, right? They're they're making, ultimately, what they hope is a blockbuster movie. And so, uh, I, did you see any of the new Jurassic World movies? Yeah, I definitely saw the first one. I perhaps saw the second one. I'm not sure. Uh, in one of the films, Wu, who's actually the only character in all six films, the scientist who's creating these dinosaurs, right? At one point, someone says something about the the reality of the dinosaurs. And he specifically says, these aren't dinosaurs. These are things that we made to make people want to come see the thing they think of as dinosaurs. Self-aware, yeah. Which is, again, I think the movie also commenting on itself, right? Right, right. Um, 
the the films are less interested in being uh paleobiology lessons than they are getting people to come out and see the thing they wanted to see on the screen yeah uh which to your point to me makes me sad because part of i think part of what's exciting for me is is witnessing as and and i think in jurassic park the original one that came out in 1993 what we're seeing there was as close to what we understood dinosaurs looked like at the time right and like our best ability to recreate it right 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 um and i think that's what i keep wanting from these newer dino movies like don't don't show me the thing you showed me in 1993 right show me the thing that we have access to so much later like make me feel that same kind of wonder and awe again give me that spectacle give me that you know so um i don't know i i keep thinking about this in terms of you know we talked about this a little bit in our banning books episode right the the anger around critical race theory and the uh diving back into american history and 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 the way the 1619 project sought to re-examine the roots of the founding of the united states and the european settling of the american continent and how much you know slavery was wound up in that there's a terrific book that came out a couple of years ago called forget the alamo which is a a reconsidering of the Alamo down here in Texas. You know, we have the uh, remember the Alamo kind of a whole thing and forget the Alamo book actually points out. And I don't know if you know this or not, Allie, do you know why Texas seceded from Mexico? There was a time when I knew that because I read a memoir written in a Spanish class. Ooh, I don't, I don't know that I currently know that. It was because Mexico outlawed slavery. And the white, predominantly white settlers in Texas, whom the Mexican government had invited down and gifted lands to, uh, refused to give up slaves. And so they decided to, to basically revolt against the Mexican government and claim their freedom. Uh, So, yeah, so, so, the people who were fighting at the Alamo were fighting specifically for the right to own slaves. <laughs> and this book is, is really uncovering the roots of that and saying, yeah, like actually not great. Like the whole founding of Texas uh, was, was actually not something maybe we should be celebrating as uncritically and full throatedly as we do. And as you can imagine, it made a bunch of people angry to the point that the scholar who wrote this book was disinvited from a number of places uh on on like a speaking book tour kind of a thing i am not surprised that happened um because that is how we i mean like i i think of like pen america and all the work that they do to protect like authors who are saying hard things that in our culture people don't want to listen to right now um and honestly going back to the dinosaur stuff I think for me if I went to go see a movie like 64 or 65 that's embarrassing um a whole million (laughs) years between those (laughs) (laughs) oh boy um I would be satisfied with the dinosaurs that we literally just made up and I would be like this is fine this is enough 
they did something it's dinosaur-esque and then thinking about our culture right now I think people read a narrative that they want white people read a narrative that they want to hear and they go maybe there's more to the story but this is fine this is enough um yeah all right well I know we're running out of time so I want to throw one last insane dinosaur fact at you and then leave it to you to close this out humans are closer in history to the Tyrannosaurus Rex than the Tyrannosaurus Rex was to the Stegosaurus. I don't find that crazy just because I don't have, it's, I don't think of dinosaurs like this happened and then this happened and then this happened. I think of dinosaurs as like a blob of time. You know what I mean? And it still doesn't feel strange to you I, I think, I guess for me, again, growing up, anytime you, you open a dinosaur book, especially ones that were accessible to kids, all of these different dinos are just all on the same page, right? They're all living in the same kind of ecosystems, yes, yeah. um, whatever. Uh, I'm, maybe this is something I made up in my head, but I would swear I've seen pages of a, a stegosaurus fighting a T-Rex with its spiky tail, you know? Sure. But stegosaur- stegosauruses were in the uh, Jurassic period, which ended around 144 million years ago. And the Tyrannosaurus lived in the late Cretaceous period, which began 67 million years ago. So can you do that math? Like they they were on the earth so far apart that there's less time between us and T-Rex, which I, I'm surprised that doesn't shock you because that like, that feels like apocalyptic to me. <laughs> Well, listeners, we have had a wonderful time talking about dinosaur facts with you. If you are a huge dinosaur lover with JR, I am so sorry that I'm cutting him off just while he's giving us the craziest dino fact that you've probably heard before if you're not me. Anyways, uh, JR, you're done for today. I'm done. We're done. And we will see you next week. (laughs) 